Hello everyone and welcome to One Control War Podcast, episode 144. Benjamin Yoder here today to talk to you about video games. Unfortunately, not a lot new to talk about. Uh, I finally finished Shenmue 3, so that's that's good and done. And I'm going to have a quick play of that going up this week. Uh, kind of closing comments on Shenmue. Um, you know, I think maybe the, the biggest thing I kind of took away outside of the, you know, the things I've already talked about and what I'll talk about on the quick play is, uh, you know, it being like a middle chapter story in the game, uh, doesn't really add much to the story itself. So it does like do a lot with like building the relationship between Shenhua and, uh, Ryo and Ren, but it doesn't do a lot in terms of progressing the story with Landi and stuff like that. So it's a little disappointing in that regard, but at the same time, I, I feel like, you know, in, in hindsight, when thinking about Shenmue 1 and 2, I don't really know how much the story progressed in Shenmue 2. Like, Shenmue 1 kind of sets everything up, and then Shenmue 2 is more or less just this constant search for Lan Di, which in some ways is kind of just what Shenmue 1 is. Though there's a bit more mystery in Shenmue 1, I feel like. Where Shenmue 2 and 3, it's it's less about the mystery and more about the mystery of finding Lan Di rather than the mystery of what the, like the, the mirrors mean and things like that. Though you definitely learn a lot about like the, the, the lore of Bailu City and stuff throughout that game. But with that finally done, that means I can finally start Xenoblade Chronicles X. So I went ahead and started doing that this week. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm taking it kind of slow right now. One thing I always said I wanted to do with Xenoblade Chronicles X is that if I ever uh, started the game up again, because if, if you didn't know, basically I played the game like 100 hours. I uh, <laughs> accidentally deleted my save file through various means. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um... And so I was, uh, you know, being a Monolith fan, I still want to finish Xenoblade Chronicles X. So I, I wanted to restart it. So f- nearly five years later, here I am starting that game up again. <laughs> um, and um, one, the two things I wanted to do was, A, research the best build of that game so I can just try to get through the combat encounters as quick as possible. And then also uh, try to get a scale as soon as possible. If you don't know, the scales are like the mechs in the game. And they, they move around the environment a lot faster than the uh, characters. And it's tied to like story progression of when you get one. Um, so I haven't really done either of those yet. I'm kind of just taking it slow. I'm just kind of learning the, you know, combat mechanics again and things like that. And I figured... I'll just take the the class mechanics as they come to me until I reach a point that I'm actually struggling in an encounter. And right now I've been doing okay. So I'm not worried too much about it. It hasn't like not be able to beat something that isn't, you know, very clearly way over level me like level 30 compared to me being like level 12. Uh, that hasn't really gotten in the way. So, so I'm going to hold off until I actually have some combat struggles, which I remember when I originally played, that was something that over time kind of built up is like, Hey, I'm fighting things that are my level, but I'm not particularly being successful in fighting them. Uh, so, so I think I will eventually do that research, but at the second right now, I'm not too worried about it. Um, and when it comes to the scales, I'm trying to stick closely to the main town in that game. So it's New LA and it's like surrounded by an area called Primordia. If you don't know in Xenoblade Chronicles X, you can essentially go anywhere from the start of the game. So if you want to swim to the last area of the game, you can do that. Just go jump in the ocean and swim as far as I know. <laughs> um, but, you know, so you can go to all these other areas and really far out places. But um, without a scale, you got to run the whole way. So I'm just specifically accepting missions that are close to home and and just kind of building up character relationships you know getting money things like that and uh just enjoying it um right now and and i'm not i'm not trying to to really force my way through progression but uh i think once i start getting to the point where it's like okay now i have to go way out here i'm gonna start looking at um uh 
shoving my way through the story as quickly as possible so I can get that skill. And as soon as you have the skill, you know, it, it doesn't open up everything. Eventually you get like a jetpack for your skill and that really opens everything up. But but at least you can move a lot faster. You're you're basically driving a car. So and one uh one unfortunate circumstance is that uh decided to make or when I decided to play this game again, I was like, oh I'm gonna play as a girl. Um, because I already spent a hundred hours in this game as a guy. So I just wanted to see like, you know, different outfits and stuff. Um, so far it seems like it's all pretty much the same. Uh, and so I was like, well, what do I name this girl? Cause I always have a really hard time with, with girl names in games because I have these like garbage names, like Aquilia and, and stuff like that, that I can deal with for the guy characters I made when I was younger. And I just keep those in place. But for girl names, I don't really have that history of like choosing a particular name uh one that has continued to show up is charla from xenoblade chronicles one so i've continued to use charla uh but i don't really like taking something so direct from a particular character like that and saying that though i decided to do that anyways um uh or maybe maybe like charla is a very defined character to me and so like it feels a little weird when i start going away from like the visual appearance of that character and stuff even though charla is a very normal name um but, uh, so I was like, oh, I'm going to name her after the, uh, fairy princess in, uh, Doraemon, the, the three fairy stones. And, uh, the fairy princess's name is Corona, which <laughs> I made this decision a little while back. And then, uh, and then the coronavirus thing happened and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> so right now I'm, I'm named Corona in this game. We'll see if that comes back to haunt me. Maybe if I die from the coronavirus, I know where I got it from. Xenoblade Chronicles X, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's fine. Everything's good and fine. Um, but yeah, so, so that's just kind of what I've been doing with that game. And it's going to just, I want to keep this game as kind of like just a slow back burner game in the background, especially while I work on videos, a similar game and maybe kind of stepping on the foot of Xenoblade Chronicles X because of that is, uh, I also started up Final Fantasy 14 a few weeks back. I've kind of talked about it a little bit here and there still just doing story and side quests. That's really what I'm going to be doing probably for a very long time. So I probably won't mention that anymore going forward. Hopefully if I can remember, <laughs> um, uh, but one thing I did want to kind of know, and I, I may have talked about this before when I initially started the Heavensward expansion, um, the, the environment design in that Heavensward areas is kind of bizarre. Um, basically, uh, Heaven's Word, it, it, it was the first expansion to integrate the flying mechanics of the, or the flying mounts in the game. So a lot of the areas are kind of designed to just be kind of flown over. Uh, but you can't fly initially when you first get there. You have to like collect these like aether nodes or whatever, go around the environment, get all of them, do some quests to get them too sometimes. And, um, so before you do that, you can't actually fly. And, uh... <laughs> And, like, the, the environment's kind of themed after, like, floating rubble and things like that. So it's like a lot of, like, floating pieces of landmass. And, and, and even if it's not floating, there's a lot of, like, these sharp cliffs kind of jutting out of the ground and things like that. And uh, there's kind of, like, a lack of consistency on where you can kind of go up and go down on these things. Sometimes it'll be, like, on the map it looks like I can drop down here. And, like, below me I can see there's a landmass down there that is, like, a landmass you should be able to walk on. Uh, but then, like, for some reason, the game has decided or the developers have decided, hey, you're not going to jump down this cliff. And I I don't know why, really. I assume if you can fly, you can fly down there, no problem. But jumping down there is forbidden, uh, which I think would make more sense in, like, a game like Final Fantasy XI, where there's a lot of, you know, restrictions on kind of where you can drop down and where you can get up to. Um, but you know, 14 is very freeform in, in your movement. A lot of times you can just like jump on the side of like some mountains and stuff slightly, 
uh and and it's it's mostly intentional that you can do that uh but it, it, there's a lot of freedom in your movement in that game so to see it like restrict it suddenly for no real reason other than just map i guess <laughs> it's a little weird um although there is like one particular area like uh there's like this volcano you kind of walk up the side of or something that looks similar to volcanoes like a mountain with like a dragon lair inside or something um and you can go up on the outside of the mountain and there're like these paths that go up the mountain and uh one particular area is like if it, it seems like you should be able to drop down but there's like you can't you cannot drop down and then you get to the end of the path and on the map it shows like this little sliver of space where you can fall down <laughs> and, and it's like yeah it just the the, the inconsistency and where you can and can't fall down just it seems a little silly at times but I assume that's all alleviated once you can actually fly. Um, you know, since I'm doing main story and side quest stuff right now, it's pretty pretty much alleviated by the fact that the game is just kind of dragging you through quest areas. So, you know, for the most part, they're they're showing you the paths of how to get around the area while you're while you're on foot walking around. But I'm generally enjoying it. I mean, like the my greatest interest in that game is kind of the stories they tell in the little pockets of of places you end up going. So, like you know, there's usually a main story and then like a bunch of side quests surrounding it. So, I every city I go to, I try to do all the side quests for, and and I enjoy enjoy that stuff. And then uh, I think it paces out the main storytelling uh, pretty well in doing that too. Does that mean it's going to take me forever to get to the end of the game? For sure, but but you know, it's it's helping me level, especially since I'm not really doing any dungeon runs or anything like that. I I think I don't really care that much about doing dungeon runs in that game unless I like absolutely have to. Uh or at least like doing repetitive dungeon runs and stuff like that. Maybe that could be also a sign of like my limited scope of dungeons that I have unlocked. You know, I'm still kind of locked to a lot of the 2.0 only dungeons. So when I do like a duty roulette, I usually get some dumb low level dungeon and I'm like, yeah, I've done this 200 times five years ago at this point. I'm good. (laughs) So yeah. In terms of news this week, there's actually a handful of things I wanted to talk about. Nothing too drastically big. Uh, One one is probably very much not big, but it's kind of fun to talk about a little bit is that uh, Dirge of Cerberus got re-trademarked by Square Enix. So people are all rumbling about what does that mean? Uh, it probably means absolutely nothing because <laughs> people re-trademark stuff all the time like Wave Race and Eternal Darkness and things like that. And, you know, at least so far there hasn't really been any, you know, uh, anything that has come out of those kind of retrademark things. So I, I really don't expect anything from this. I think the reason why it probably is getting more discussion now than ever is two reasons. One, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming out, uh, I think a couple months from now. And then also at some point Tetsuya Nomura did say he wanted to do something with the expanded Final Fantasy VII game. So if you didn't know... Dirge of Cerberus is a part of like the Final Fantasy VII expanded universe that include games like Before Crisis, Crisis Core, the movie Advent Children, things like that. Uh, the the consistent thing between their name is that they all start with uh, uh, the letter and then C. So Advent Children, A, C, Before Crisis, B, C, uh, Crisis Core, C, C, Dirge of Cerberus, D, C. I don't know if there's ever a um, an E. Um, but yeah, so... So people are talking about, or I just saw the news story going around for this. And, you know, it'd be cool if they they at least released it on, like, PS4 and then had it running in, like, HD or something like that. But I don't think most people want that. Like, I don't think Dirge of Cerberus was received super well. I think it sold fine, but I don't think it's, like, a game that people are clamoring for to return. 
but you know, I would be excited to, to, to see it if it came back. I own three copies of that game already for dumb reasons that I have yet to uh, act on still. <laughs> I would like still to do something with Dirge of Cerberus uh, at some point. I'm not sure when that will happen, but it is it is on my list of things to do eventually. So, yeah. It would never happen, but bring back that multiplayer mode, Square Enix. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not happening. Other news story is that Neptunia VV, or rather VVVTunia, I believe it's called. Yeah, VVVTunia, which is a Neptunia game, uh, was the gameplay for it was shown off finally. Uh, it looks pretty much, uh, pretty much about right for a Neptunia game. Just kind of like a fairly simple hack and slash kind of thing. Also, some shooting mechanics. It does seem like there's maybe a greater focus on shooting in this game versus previous Neptunia games, but I do know, like, Noir and stuff. I think she's had guns in the previous game, and some, like, at least in Blanc versus, or versus Zombies. Um, uh, she had a gun in there, but this seems like more actual third-person shooter mechanics versus, like, a third-person action game where a character happens to have a gun and, like, mechanically they don't control the way you kind of expect a gun in a third-person action game would, or a, you know, third-person shooter would work. It's more of just a... Uh, uh, ranged melee attack essentially but yeah it looks all right basically the whole concept behind this game is uh i think there's two vtubers specifically to virtual youtubers uh specific to this game or something like that and then uh you know the neptunia characters are there and then also they're bringing in guest uh virtual youtubers from actual virtual youtube comment content so i think a lot of hollow live characters are in there and, and stuff like that. I didn't see any like big ones like Kizuna Eye. I mean, Hollow Live, I feel like is fairly big nowadays, but hey, what what do I know? Uh, but like Kizuna Eye, I didn't really see anything of that. And uh, I don't think I saw Shiroi Chan either. There's a there's a list of uh, uh, VTubers on the website who are apparently going to appear in the game uh, in some form, whether that's playable or not, I don't know. And one thing I wanted to mention as well, even though it was kind of a couple weeks ago at this point, maybe a lot longer than that, I can't quite remember, but. Uh, uh, the Wonderful 101 got that Kickstarter campaign that happened. The uh, I guess I would call it the fake Kickstarter campaign because <laughs> they asked for a ridiculously low amount of money and then also were like, okay, it launches in May. <laughs> like, like that's not enough time to develop a port for a game, please. I mean, I'm not a game developer, but that seems very, very unlikely <laughs> to, to me that they were able to just like, okay, we're going to fund this for $50,000 and then port it once it's been funded. Pretty sure that work was done ahead of time. Uh, there's nothing particularly wrong with that. It's basically just a fancy pre-order service at that point. And if you get, you know, your money's worth, then cool. You know, you got you got what you wanted out of it. I will say I, I did really like the original one on the on the Wii U. I I would encourage you to check it out if you've never never played it. I think what's really nice about that game, and admittedly, I haven't played a lot of Platinum's more recent games other than Near Automata, and I think Metal Gear Rising was maybe the last one I played right before that. Um, it's a it's a very accessible uh, platinum game, and it does it does a lot of variety in its gameplay. This is kind of like I kind of talked about this a little bit, and when I originally was talking about Nier, where it's like they they do a really good job of like mixing in different gameplay elements into the game, often based off like classic video games. So it's like a punch out mini game and, and stuff, and and all the different powers have like different ways you attack with them and stuff, which is is, is pretty fun. Um, and I, I don't really know how they're handling the the you know making. Uh, making the the weapons and stuff by you know not being able to draw it on screen or anything like that um but i i did, I did really like that game and so i think that if you if you are always like hey platinum should do something new and different how i kind of feel uh i think the wonderful 101 is like just different enough that it's it's definitely worth checking out 
So there goes another Wii U game um, that that you have exclusive. Uh, I honestly like still have trouble putting my Wii U away. I like will put it away for a week and then find out I need it for some other reason. I take it back out and actually I have two Wii U's out right now because uh, you know I'm playing Xenoblade Chronicles X on my actual Wii U and then on my other Wii U I was actually trying to mess around with the Yellow or uh, Wizard of Oz Beyond the Yellow Brick Road uh, ROM I have on there. Basically, I've I've hacked my other uh wii u to play ds games and that's how i basically capture ds games at this point uh, and i also did some testing around that like if you ever watch my tales of the tempest stream uh i noted at some point during that that there, there was some weird pixel scaling going on because i was playing the game like upright and trying to shove two games on the screen but they don't exactly scale at two times scale so it, it had to do some interpolating to to make the the game you know work when it was displaying it uh so one thing i did was i tested out the concept of flipping it because now i actually have a monitor that i can put uh portrait mode so i was like okay what if i flip this game to the side and i can do that so um and that seemed to to fix the pixel scaling issue but that means i'm also capturing the game on the side so you know once i'm actually making a video or you know if i'm streaming it um i'll have to rotate it in uh obs to to make it fit or in if it's afterwards in video editing software um but at least with like um you know capturing video and, and not streaming it or something like that uh i would rather have it not not messed up like with the uh, pixel scaling i'd rather have it you know flipped over on the side and and displaying properly um and then i can you know adjust it later if i need to rather than having the messed up pixel scaling and then if i need to adjust it in some other way later that makes it difficult because i didn't capture it right the first time so going forward that's that's currently my plan i, I haven't found any issues with that i haven't had a needed to capture a ds game at this point so so, yeah. Um, but the other thing I was trying to do is uh, capture The Wizard of Oz Beyond the Olympic Road. And if you don't know, the Wii U, like loading that on Wii U with the new Super Mario Brothers virtual console shell, uh, basically just crashes immediately. It, goes, it shows the D3 logo and then it crashes. Um, and so I was kind of just like trying to understand when and why it was crashing a bit more. And, you know, I'm not technical minded, so I, I wouldn't be able to like actually look at anything or actually resolve anything for the most part. But I just started messing around with it a little bit. And uh, a couple things I, I did notice was that um, how that game starts up is that, you know, being a DS game, there's two screens. And then on the top screen, the logo appears. But on the bottom screen, when you're actually loading the game on an actual DS, uh, the characters from the game also appear and are dancing. Uh, but when I was loading it in the Wii U, I was not seeing those characters on the bottom screen. It was just a black screen, uh, even you know when it crashed. And so, basically, what I, I I tried doing was just loading a bunch of states, like save states, while that logo was was appearing, and kind of resetting the ROM over and over again to see what happened. And I actually got further into the opening part of the game. I, I was able to get past the D3 logo, which is where it usually crashes, and then I was able to get to the Media Vision logo, which is the developer of the game. Uh, and sometimes I'd even get the characters to appear on the bottom of the screen, although they weren't animating, they were frozen in place. Um, but unfortunately I was never able to get past that media vision logo. Even I had the media vision logo with the characters there, not animating. Uh, uh, the furthest I got was that, that logo was disappearing. The characters were there and then, uh, the game crashed. And when I tried to reload the state I had right before it crashed, it would basically try to restart the intro, which is not what it would typically do if you're loading the new state. So I'm guessing um, like there's some kind of fail safe there that if some things didn't play out, it's going to try to basically restart the intro 
if it didn't load properly. Um, and then, so, you know, it kind of restarts itself over again. So unfortunately that didn't work out and, you know, I might poke around with it a little bit more. I doubt I'll be able to get any kind of progress on that. I tried also playing a Japanese version of the game, uh, which, which had the same issue. Uh, and then also I was looking at the, uh, list, a table that, that is kept about the compatibility of these games. And somebody said they tried different, uh, virtual console shells. So I'm actually using the new Super Mario Brothers virtual console shell to run this game, but he tried some other ones or they, I don't, I don't know what gender they are. And, uh, and then it also did the same thing on that one. So yeah, it's a little unfortunate. So I was looking into other emulation options. Um, I tried, we have like a Surface Pro 4 at work that we don't really use for anything. So I asked if I could borrow that, brought it home and uh, tried to run it that way. Cause you know, this game has a trackball on the bottom screen. So having a touch screen would be like super valuable in controlling that game. Uh, but the resources of the Surface tablet just weren't there. Um, I think, so I also tried it on my PC and I think on my PC, it was fine. I had some sound issues, but if I didn't actually play any of the game sound while I was, you know, making a video for that game, um, then, then I could get away not having, you know, the sound issues. And I think it ran fine. Just the issues. I don't have a, a good interface for interacting that I have to use my mouse to move the trackball and things like that. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it might make the gameplay look a little sloppy compared to like a normal usage. I did see there's also ways to hook a Wii U gamepad up to your PC, but I couldn't figure out if that was just for button inputs or if that also included the ability to use the touch screen, uh, to, um, you know, use the, the touch pad or, or to, to, you know, move the trackball or anything like that. It seemed unlikely. So yeah, that game is, we'll see how that turns out. Worst case scenario, I'll put something out about it either in written form or maybe even audio only form. Uh, but still just exploring those options and <laughs> messing around with that. Oh, and last thing I, I, I didn't mention during the news section, it, although it really doesn't matter that much, is uh, Jet Girl's got a bunch of new Cinder Kagura girls, one of them being Homura, which is my favorite Cinder Kagura character. Um, so I was I was like, oh, yeah, cool. She's in that game. But I'll, I'll probably, when I play that game, stick with the, the original characters for the majority of the game, mainly because I would you know rather get more familiar with those characters before I just like jump right into the one that I know. Uh, I imagine there's probably like some sort of story mode or something where you go through some plot that doesn't matter at all or, or the plot of the anime. I never watched the anime, so I never will probably, <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, I hope that game comes out here. I don't think there's an announced localization yet and it's been out since January. So I, I might look into the kind of release gap between like Peach Beach Splash and stuff like that and other Marvelous games and see what's kind of the expected turnaround time for those games. I would like to play it at some point before the game completely dies, but, you know, two months later, maybe I already missed my window. So, yeah. Anyways, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for coming. Uh, I'm hoping next week I'll have the Gun Gun Pixies podcast up. Uh, so that's going to be be coming up here soon. So um, if you don't have a normal show next week, don't be surprised. Uh, it's, a, it's a shorter episode than the uh, the Lost Kingdoms one. So it is is probably closer to what my standard episode length is. Um, and then also I started streaming last week, Dory Me Fantasy. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, I, I, I had to go into work early a bunch um, last week. And it, it kind of drained on me a little bit. And I nearly fell asleep during that stream. Thankfully, if you're watching that stream, you're like, oh boy, this boy is so tired and not very entertaining. Um, go ahead and uh, skip ahead like 45 minutes and I, I do wake up. I get up, kind of kind of shake myself awake and then shove some like sugar in my body to, to, to <laughs> encourage, encourage uh, energy to, to come to me, I guess.
It's a really fun game, though. I really like Doraemon Fantasy, and we'll probably finish it next week or this week, rather. Uh, I'm not. Dis- I will probably finish it before the str- typical stream time's over. Um, and I plan to play Left Alive next. I don't have my copy of Left Alive here yet, but that's the plan. And um, I I don't know if I'll start that next week. I probably will play something else in the meantime just to fill some time, and then the week after actually start Left Alive for real. And I also have that Shinmu 3 Quick Look coming up, so also keep an eye out for that. Um, But yeah, uh, so, you know, in the meantime, look forward to that Gun Gun Pixies podcast coming up. Uh, And then I'm still working on the Atoka Doll one. I'll go ahead and basically start to do the actual video editing process on that soon, I think. So, yeah, anyways, thanks for coming. Uh, Mondays are podcast days, 9 a.m. Pacific time. And then uh, Thursdays are stream days at 7 p.m. Pacific time. So if you want to see me stream... Go to my website and you'll find a link to the Twitter or Twitch thing there. And I really need to change the my Twitch user to be line up with the website. Uh, and then also like on YouTube, you should get a notification as well if you're subscribed there. So, all right. Thank you. You have a great week. Bye.